My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, and welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us this morning. I'm excited to finish something today and show you. I passed out most of them, I think. I got just about everybody. Uh, what we're starting next week. So we have a Sunday school quarterly now, which... <laughs> Sorry. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to get in trouble if I go there. So anyway, so if you got your red book, uh, we're finishing this up today. We're on uh, chapter 11. This is section three, major section three, our practice. Uh, so today is all about putting into practice what we have been learning about the last four weeks. Uh, so just a quick review. Uh, week one, we talked about our preparation. Week two, we went over the first two steps in our process, praying with others, hearing with others. Week three, thinking with others, studying with others. Last week, sharing and inviting. And then today is our practice. So fun stuff. I'm excited about that. So the first thing we need to do is pick a text. So. Somebody shout out a number between 1 and 100. 27. 27. All right. We're in Revelation. Somebody shout out a number between 1 and 22. 1. 1. Revelation chapter. So you kept it easy for us. There you go. <laughs> All right. So we're in Revelation chapter 1. So what's the first step in our process? I thought this would be easy because I literally just showed you a slide with it on it, but that's okay. We pray, right? We pray for help with the text. Now, if you go to page, uh, we'll say page, which one you want to do? Let's do page 82. It's page 82. If you look at the, uh, if you look at part three, the practice pages, they get progressively more in-depth. So the idea is that the first practice page would be the equivalent of, uh, so Zeke and Shanda, if your Caleb came and asked you a question about, you know, who's Moses? Oh, okay, great. Well, like, that could be some really simple steps to walk through with that. And as you get further into the practice pages, they get more developed and engaging. So I'd say we probably, we're probably in 82, but we might have time to do with today. So we'll do with that. So I've got a sample prayer up there, so let's pray. And then we'll uh, listen to the text. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We ask you to hear what the Spirit is saying. We ask you, Father, for wisdom to live out your truth. In our Lord Jesus Christ's name, amen. All right, so Revelation chapter 1. Now, I, I typically don't like to do this, read a text that I haven't practiced. Um, but I actually read this, sorry, Brian. I read Revelation 1, 2, and 3 last week during his sermon because something he said sparked a thought, and I went over there and I read 3, and I was like, so maybe I'll get close. We'll see. So Revelation chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, whatever he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, And blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy 
and keep what is written in it because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in Asia, grace and peace to you from the one who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, the one who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the affliction, kingdom, and endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a loud voice behind me like a trumpet saying, Write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was one like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe with a golden sash wrapped around his chest. The hair of his head was white as wool, white as snow, and his eyes like a fiery flame. His feet were like fine bronze as it is fired in a furnace, and his voice like the sound of cascading waters. He had seven stars in his right hand. A sharp, double-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was shining like the sun at full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. He laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last, and the living one. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Therefore, write what you have seen, what is and what will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Amen. Revelation chapter 1. So if you would, next up, what's our next step in the process? Think. So we're going to spend a couple of minutes just thinking about this text. And if you want to look back and read again as you think, that's great. That's fantastic. No issues whatsoever. But we'll spend uh, three or four minutes just thinking about this text.
So if we look back on page 82, we spent a couple of minutes thinking about what was just read. The next section there is study with others. So resolving to be faithful, look up unfamiliar words and cross-references. So are there any unfamiliar words in this text? Words that you look at and you go, eh, what's that about? Verse 18. Uh, I have the keys of death and Hades is what's in uh, the ESV. Yep. And it, it struck me as odd to speak about Hades. Yep. And so that's where I'm, I'm kind of stuck Okay, awesome. Hades, that'd be something we want to look up. So where, where could we go to find uh, a definition of what Hades is? Sometimes there's footnotes, right? Is there a footnote there anywhere? Mine does not have a footnote. Dang it. <laughs> you can always use Google, which is super risky and sketchy. Um, you go to Blue Letter Bible, right, and click on the original Greek word. Yeah. See what the definition is. Yeah. Reading a different translation, right? Does anybody, other, anybody else's translation have a different word other than Hades? I don't want to get too far ahead here, but it shouldn't. <laughs> it's a noun. <laughs> it should be translated as Hades, because that's kind of what it is. Um, what does BLB say? Anybody there? King James didn't like Hades very much. Also a different Greek text than what the ESV is based on. So not like major crazy, but you know, little little wonkiness here and there. So who's at BLB? Anybody there yet? Linda, you there? BLB. B as in blue letter Bible. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Let me pull up. Uh, the Greek, actually. Greek? Yes. That's why blb.org is really good. Let me go there real quick. So Revelation 1. Oh, okay. Cool. Yes, that's right. Uh, well, that's death. The Greek word is actually Hades, yes. So if you click on that G86, that'll bring you to, it should. It's not working on my iPhone. You got it? All right, here we go. So Strong's definition, this is what I was looking for. Uh, properly unseen, so the unseen place. 
i.e. Hades, or the place or the state of departed souls, the grave or hell. Uh, in biblical usage, the, uh, the name Hades, or Pluto, is the god of the lower regions. It's associated with a dark and dismal place in the very depths of the earth, the common receptacle, that's an interesting word, of disembodied spirits. Also shows up in Luke 16. Yep. So we have some other places we could go to get some additional input onto what that would look like. Good. Good. Any other unfamiliar words in Revelation 1? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can I, can I try to help? Yeah, sure. They may, these seven churches, may represent something in addition to seven actual churches that were in those cities, but they at minimum represent the seven actual churches that, like, when the postman came around and, yeah. here's the letter. <laughs> yes. Totally yeah. Absolutely, because that's specifically what Jesus said. Right, right. Yeah. Good question. So if you were actually doing a like a thorough treatment of this as a Bible study, these would be the types of questions you want to jot down as you're kind of doing an overview so that you can circle back to them and hey, we need to answer this question. Hey, we can answer this question. Hey, we can answer this question. So it's not necessarily about walking away with like I've got all the answers. It's I may have a path toward finding some of these answers and putting a direction to some of this. Good, good, good. What else? Any other terms here that are unfamiliar? Yes, sir. Yes, the seven spirits before his throne, right? Like, What's that about, right? Good, so that'd be something to go dig into. What else? Yes, ma'am. Did we just finish up a book where he's referenced as this quite often? <laughs> I feel like we did. <laughs> Yeah, so. yeah, the, the, 
Oh, well, I, uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think it is demeaning. Jesus used it of himself several times in the Gospels. So, like, if he was good with it, like, I feel like we probably ought to be good with it. Uh, I thought you were going to zoom in on the fact that it was the one like the Son of Man, not necessarily the Son of Man. Uh, that's a good question. So this is where we're going to start to get a little bit of, uh, you'll see some distinction between translations for the A son versus the son. Uh, there's actually not an article in Greek. So you could just translate it like son of man. So that would be a translator's preference on what to put there for the article to push it into English. Yes. So, Zeke, you're telling me that we could use part of the text to understand the text itself? Could be. Could be. I think that's probably a, uh, I think you're probably on good footing right there. Yeah. Did anybody notice the repetition of what is, was, and will be? There's a little bit of that. I, Thesa, I am not making fun. I promise I am not making fun, but I feel like when I read that and you saw it the second time, a colored pencil emerged from somewhere and <laughs> did it, or am I just envisioning that? Okay, all right, good. <laughs> yes, a key repeated phrase, there you go. Good, good, good. Are there any cross-references? Are any, are any uh, other Bible verses referenced as we go through this? Um, I read out of the CSB, which is what we'll be using for a while. And uh, verse 7 is actually, I'll hold this up so you can see it. I don't know if you can see it from here. but Verse 7 is actually formatted differently. It's indented and then in bold, which, you know, for slow people like me who tend to skip past things when I read quick, um, is a, oh, this, this looks different. That's helpful. So what's that a, what's that a reference to? <clears throat> Daniel, <laughs> if you thought we were on the middle of prophecy, we're about to jump into Old Testament prophecy. So Daniel 7, what, uh, 13, is that what it is? Yeah, can you read that for us? Oh, you've got to find it. We've got to find Daniel first. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I saw it. There it went. <laughs> I almost never use a print copy of the Bible when I study. And when I teach in here, the iPad that I use for a lot of different things is managing all of the online stuff. So I can't disturb. So it's like, Daniel, it's in the Old Testament. Yes, toward the back. So Daniel 7.20, what do you got? 7.13. 7.13, I'm sorry. 7.13, even better. Son of man, and he came to the ancient 
does it feel like anybody can walk up to the Ancient of Days and be cool? Like, it's like you, you need a special pass or something. Is there another verse that's mentioned there in Revelation 1, in that little section on 7? My translation has Zechariah 12.10. Anybody got Zechariah 12.10? Go for it, Zeke. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that when they look on me, on whom, on him whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for, own, for an only child and weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a person. So we see some of that language in Revelation 1 there, right? So the uh, tribes of the earth will mourn over him. Yes, good. Any other uh, references to the, any other quotes of the Old Testament? I don't see any other quotes. But there's a few Old Testament references, right? What else do you have there? I've got a footnote for the kingdom of priests that references back to Exodus 19.6. Did everybody get to be a, a priest in the Old Testament? Like, whoever wants to come be a priest? Like, that wasn't the way that worked? No. I, I got to speak, uh, was it last Wednesday night? Wednesday, yeah, that's right, because Marty last did last Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday before, during our summer series on uh, the life of David as it points to Jesus Christ, and uh, got to talk about the, David bringing the ark back to Jerusalem. And I don't know if y'all remember that story, but they did it wrong the first time. They didn't follow like any of the directions. A guy named Uzzah reached his hands out. He touched the ark. Bzzzt, you're dead. That's it. And it like killed the whole show. They went and did some research, and it was like, oh, there's there's like very special people that are supposed to do this a very special way. And uh, not everybody got to do. It. Not only did not everybody get to be a priest, not everybody got to do every job. That was a priest. Like, it was a very special family that was supposed to handle these particular things. And you're like, oh my goodness, this is very special. So when we see language like uh, made us into a kingdom of priests, I mean, this is, this is a major upgrade of our status. So Dave, you're going to get on a plane here in a little bit, right? And if they bumped you up to first class, you'd be like, cool, that was a nice upgrade. Yeah. Like this is, this is a major upgrade of status in class here to be able to be called a priest. All right, any other cross-references here? Anybody else got any others? What verse are we in there? What verse in chapter 1, sorry. Ah, look, he who is coming with the clouds, yes. Yeah, it, it might be familiar because we sing it, um, too, yeah. uh, in a slightly theologically questionable song. And I'm, I'm not going to push hard into that, but not every line of that lines up with, uh, I think, what we would generally agree we believe. So, um, 
Was that in Daniel 7.13, though? Is that where that phrase came from? The, yeah, that's what I thought, so, okay. It sings really nicely, though, right? I mean, it's like, it's a really, it's, it's a catchy tune, so that, a catchy tune covers a multitude of theological errors in Christianity today, I'll tell you that, so. Cool. What else? What other, uh, what other cross-references do you see using your Bible? The cross-references do you see? If this feels like slow, tedious work in the morning, reading dead guys, that's a good definition of Bible study. Like... Slow, tedious work reading dead guys. Verse 6 is full of cross-references. So verse 6 has uh, made us a kingdom of priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Yes. And what do we know about how old John was when he wrote Revelation? Is he a young spry guy or he's like, he would, yeah, he was, he'd have been like the ancient one, you know, I, I can imagine some smart aleck in one of these churches, like ancient of days. Is he, is like John talking about himself? Like, is he, he's an old dude, like old, old for this time. I mean, he, he would have been old for us today, but I mean, just like people just didn't live that long then and God's gracious and lets him see this at this crazy old age. And so he's drawing, he's getting to draw from this entire life experience of engaging with Christians over the past very likely, you know, what would that have been? 60 years, right? 50 plus, 60 years. So I mean, you're going to have gathered a tremendous amount of awareness and understanding of Scripture to be able to look back and see. And then so that the Holy Spirit can use this. Um, so it kind of makes sense to me that he would, he would have a lot of cross-references and things that he's seen and engaged. All right, so let's skip to the next section here, sharing with others. So what did we learn by looking at this particular text? Reading the text, looking at it, thinking about it for a minute, looking up a few words. What was something that either got reaffirmed or like, oh, well, that's awesome. Maybe we'll start with what specifically about Jesus. Sometimes that can be an easy on-ramp. Do you think specifically about Jesus that we learned from this text? How he appeared and sounded. How he appeared and sounded, yeah, right? So his story's not over. Is that what you're saying? Cool, good. What else? He rules over death. Boy, is that good news or what? Where does he have death? He holds the keys. He's got it wherever he wants it. <laughs> if I've got the keys to something, it's where I want it to be. Right? That's encouraging. What else do we learn about Jesus? Right? <laughs> yes. I don't fully understand his explanation, but it lends 
Yeah, that's awesome. Sorry, covered up my microphone there. Yeah, if you guys didn't hear that online, the uh, Jesus understands, Jesus knows, and we get this little hint of a, and it's, I, I would almost argue like this is um, setting us up for what we don't get later on in Revelation. <laughs> like in the first chapter, hey, here's a peek behind what some of this means. And then, yeah, did you enjoy that? Because <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> That's good. Amen. So therefore, you know, you may not get everything throughout the rest of the book of Revelation, but we have confidence that, you know, because of him. Yeah. John orients us yeah. to his subject very quickly and gives us some defining characteristics about who this is and his authority and what he holds and what he's got where. And that, I would argue that's probably a really good lens to look at the rest of Revelation through. Um, and oh, by the way, I, you should ask for your money back if I didn't say this at least once. It's not revelations. It's revelation. Right? If you say revelations, it's not only incorrect, it's really bad theology. Like this is the revelation, singular, of Jesus Christ. Not the plural revelations of Jesus and not the plural revelations of Jesus and somebody else. So... It's actually a big deal. <laughs> and yes, it is singular in the Greek. <laughs> so, all right, Jesus, rant over, sorry. <laughs> yes, 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 Jesus is doing the revealing of himself. That's a good, boy, isn't that beautiful? Well, that, I think that, that, that kind of concept continues to apply that uh, I heard a loud voice behind me like a trumpet saying, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches. Like we don't have that unless God takes this initiative to reveal himself to us. And oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful revelation of himself to us the whole scripture is. Ooh, that's just a, yay. He's got all power, all authority. He's in charge of the timeline. And... He's revealing himself, which, is, which seems very consistent of what we know about Jesus in the Gospels, right? When he would choose to, at times, go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this much, and then every once in a while I'm going to show you a lot. And then there was that one time where, ah, with, you know, Moses and Elijah. But that, there's only, there's like, there's just one of those. <laughs> and there's just a small group that he did it to. So that's good. Julie can tell from my tone and body language right now that I'm going to be talking about this for a couple of weeks. So, like, that's the, right? I mean, this, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right, anything else? Anything else? All right, so the next step in our process is to invite. So who in the group are you going to invite today? And who outside of the group are you going to invite today? So... 
there's actually on, on each of the pages in the back of section three of the Little Red Book, uh, there's space to write these names in. So this is intended to be a, a consumable product. Um, so be thinking about somebody who is a member who is not here to reach out and invite, and somebody who's not a member to reach out and invite to have others come and engage us in this. So I'll, I'll end today uh, with just a quick, 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 blah, 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 birdie, 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 sorry. Um, some of y'all got that reference and some of you didn't, it's okay. Uh, so this is our next series in our Sunday School, uh, Philippians. So those of you that are online, that are members, uh, that are not gonna be here for a couple of weeks, let me know and I'll mail you a copy, but this physical copy is for members. Um, there's a digital copy online, as there is a digital copy of the Little Red Book. But uh, Lord willing, we'll start in this book, uh, and this is part one of Philippians. So Philippians is four little chapters, and this is what, 180-something pages? I don't know, 185, something like that. Um, but we'll go through a little bit of the introduction uh, next week and orient ourselves and do a little bit of introduction to Philippians itself. Um, and I have listed, if you, if you look, I just want to show you this real quick. If you look at pages, the bottom of page 7 and the top of page 8 in the green book. Oh, cover art by the, uh, what's the right adjective? I don't know what the right adjective for Kristen is. Exceedingly talented? I don't know. We'll go with that. Kristen Harper. So we kept it in the family. There you go. This is not me. This is not like. I would try to do something in Microsoft Paint, I guess. I don't know. Um, and it would look like it, too. <laughs> but the, uh, the resources at the bottom of page 7 and top of page 8 uh, are the resources that I have gotten uh, to help me as we engage through this. So if you want to reach out and, and get any of those, then uh, those are available, and that's your heads up for that. So. But if you look on the front cover of the Green Book, uh, this is our New Testament series, Volume 11, because... Philippians is the 11th book in the New Testament. The goal is to ultimately to have a 27-volume series, and uh, <laughs> that'll be a lot of paper. So. <laughs> so there's that. But maybe we'll get to live long enough to go through it, if the Lord wills. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> we'll see. You never know. You never know. All right, so uh, that's our lesson for today, uh, and this is my last reminder to you. And so, so here's an easy way if you want to get me any feedback that you have on the red book before we make a, an addition that's kind of our final version. If you've made markings and highlights and updates and corrections and whatever in your copy, if you just want to give me your copy back, I'm happy just to assemble and aggregate all of that stuff together. If you want to take pictures, if you want to record a video, or if you want to send me an email, or however you want to do it. But I would very much like that all back in the next week to two weeks. Uh, because I need to put a pin in this so that we can focus exclusively on Philippians. I will tell you, um, I popped around the corner. It was, it was early April. It was early April, and I had gotten, uh, I think, was it April? I think it was April. Julie's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have to need... I, you, <laughs> You need more nouns before you can decide what exactly it is, right? So Julie is the person in our family who knows when things happen. In my mind, everything that has happened to me in the past either happened to me yesterday or when I was eight years old. 
So if you ever hear me tell a story and I was eight, that means I have no idea when it happened, except I do know that I repented and placed faith in Jesus Christ when I was eight. Like that first, first Sunday in September when I was eight. So I do know that date. But everything else just kind of gets lumped into when I was eight years old. So there's that. Uh, but I popped around the corner and I told Julie and Caleb, I was like, I'm going to write two books this month. And that was exactly the look Caleb gave me, Shanda. It was like, what? You know, Caleb's look was basically, you've never written a book. Are you going to do two this month? I was like, yes, I think I will. And uh, I got the vast majority of the guts of Philippians part one done. And I got a really good first draft of toward a more biblical approach to Bible study done. And then what I realized is it takes months and months and months of other administrative garbage to actually produce a book. Um, so there's that. But I would like to get a final, finished, done-done version of this uh, very soon. So if you have feedback, uh, send it in. And with that, I think we're done for today. And that wraps up our five-week series in Toward a More Biblical Approach to Bible Study. And we're going to start next week in Philippians. I'm excited. So... What would I want you to do to prepare for next week's class? Read the text. Yes. Pray for help. Think about the text. Study the text. Right. Invite others to engage with us. And we will have a grand old time making much of Jesus. So with that, uh, I'll send us to our prayer time. So you should have a weekly update at your table. Uh, names at the bottom, please. Uh, if you're interested in joining our Sunday school, uh, we'd love to have you as a member. Uh, just let me know you'd like to commit to membership expectations, and we'll put you on the roll. So with that, uh, you are free to pray as a table, and then you're dismissed to go and worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thanks for engaging, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.